you want an insight into the minds of the industry professionals, then there's only one place to be. One place to be. The Ins and Out Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs Podcast, I speak to my good friend and tour manager, Simon J. Bailey. He tells us about his journey from sleeping on a sofa to singing for Whitney Houston, dancing for Mariah Carey, being a dream boy, and taking classes, and then being a tour manager. Here is Simon J. Bailey. Rock your body, my check one, two. One, two. One, two. One, two, two. And we in, motherfucker. We in. We in. What's up, bro? How you doing, bro? I'm good. It's been a long day already, hasn't it? It's been too long, bro. That that journey this morning was the bane of my life. It was the 4 a.m. wake-up call. It was the 4 a.m. wake-up call. So basically, what happened was... Um, we were coming from Edinburgh to Belfast and we had to get a ferry. So we got woken up at 4am to go and like do passports and all that jazz. Security checks, basically, like, yeah. So um, obviously the dream boys don't really like getting dressed just for that. So we all went down in our underwear. <laughs> so the woman was like, oh, I was going to pat you down, but I don't have to, I guess. Zero jokes happening at 4am. None whatsoever. <laughs> no banter given. No. I just looked at her like, you're, you done? you're a dickhead. <laughs> She went, can I check your bag? <clears throat> and of course you can, darling. So she opened my bag, literally opened my bag, looked at it and went, it's good. No, and I didn't even check through it. Did she didn't out. move anything out. My she laptop nothing was, out of mine. She didn't even do anything. I was like, for all you know, Crazy. how do you know I'm not going to blow up your ferry? How do you know I'm not like a ginger dream boy terrorist? <laughs> like I might be part, I might be the IRA sneaking guns into Belfast. Crazy. Zero fucks given. Zero. I was like, what about all my other 12 bags on there? What about Conrad's 86 bags on there? It's just crazy. They didn't want everyone off the bus either. I thought it was going to be everyone, but no. It was very strange, wasn't it? Mm. And then we got on the ferry at seven. had some brekkie. And boy, I tried sleeping on that round sofa thing. Woke up, my back was like 50 shades of broken. Mm. How was your ferry trip? Not great. Had some food and this was bored, basically. Couldn't sleep either. Yeah, it wasn't very... had a cinema thing there, but it was just... It was full of kids. A lot of children there, wasn't it? There was a lot of hyperactive kids at 7am on that ferry. Yeah. Breakfast was all right, though, for a ferry. Luca sent his back three times. Standard. Standard. Wasn't happy. I was like, I don't know what you're expecting. You're on a ferry, mate. He was like, yeah, but the chef. I was like, the chef? <coughs> on a ferry? It wasn't a chef. There's the microwave no. food remover. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? All preheated. All preheated. But anyway, bro, it's so good to finally make this work been trying for like two weeks isn't it yeah getting Just the time to do it keep it? getting the time but anyway for anyone who doesn't know this is simon j bailey my tour manager that's right brother. that's right that's right so bro tell us a bit up to, for the people listening tell us a bit about <laughs> yourself if they don't know you already where do i start that's the thing i can they know you're old so you can go right back to being <laughs> it'll take a while <laughs> so basically i used to be in the dream boys back in 2000 and three to 2006 and we were doing club shows then so i auditioned i think you, you auditioned too right mm-hmm. so I no i never direct booked me oh of course you did <laughs> <laughs> so i auditioned and um got the phone call work on a building site i wanted to be a dancer singer got the job but mine was to sing and dance in the show uh-huh. they were doing some clubs and theaters not just theaters like we are now and um, I then left because I got a publishing deal and a record deal. Because I, I songwrite and I'm a singer-songwriter. I've been doing that. That's my main 
focus in life, really. Um, and then I went on to do some big stuff. Do I name drop? Yeah, of course you do. It's time to sell yourself. <laughs> Fuck. And then out of the blue, from nowhere, I got with a martial arts talent, which I'm, a lot of you maybe have heard of. They look Wait, after. martial arts talent? Mm. Like kung fu talent? No, martial as in the... Alien? The speaker make. Oh, you know okay. Marshall? Yeah, yeah. M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L. Yeah. So martial arts talent. I was so confused then. They look after Elton John... The big name Pink is one of the big ones, Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, with God bless her, Whitney Houston. And back in 2010, I got a phone call from my manager saying, you've been put forward by five other male artists, unknown, to support Whitney Houston here on her UK leg of the UK tour, world tour. Sick. I was like, are you having a laugh? He said, no. And Whitney and her team, phone call next day, they chose me. Didn't know what they got Boom. themselves in for, did they, kid? <laughs> they didn't know. <laughs> so no backing dancers, no no band, backing track only. Yeah. Bailey heads up to Manchester, me and arena. Just you on a microphone on your own. Correct. Nice. 27,000. How old were you then? 2010, what's that? So I was 31. 31. 31. Had you done any singing before that? Yeah, so I'd done various uh, festivals Um I'd done loads of theatre shows as well, like working with people from X Factor and like support act for this and that. And um, literally that was my biggest one. That was Mm -hmm. like literally went from theatres or clubs straight into an arena. What was it like for the first time doing that, like on stage and all them people? For me, um, it was a dream come true, but at the same time I was sort of, being on your own is the hardest my tour manager, my t- I had a tour manager, I had a tour manager then and a manager, and he was travelling down to meet me, so I had to get a train there. Yeah. And um, I turned up on my own. The guy said, right, you better come with me. Showed me my dressing room. Beautiful, food laid out, just incredible. Yeah. Like, just ridiculous. Cheated like a king. Cheated like a king. From the dream boys to royalty. <laughs> and um, he said, oh, you might want to see the stage. I said, yeah, okay. So I just walked around this corner, walked down this long corridor, turned the corner. I was going down the night. I remember the first one I said, I said, is this sold out? You went, pretty much. <laughs> you know, like um, the yeah. O2, similar yeah. to that. So, so Manchester Marina, I think it holds like 28 downs and I'm not sure. Fuck. So that's it's, it's that's big. a lot of people. It's, it was just crazy. And um, the band there at the time were going to be Michael Jackson's band. But this is it. Yeah. And I got in, the, I was in the green room talking to the percussionist of Michael Jackson's band. I was like, this is ridiculous. And they were mourning his death because he'd just died. Yeah. Maybe they're the, maybe they're the culprit. <laughs> maybe they jinxed it. Becoming a common Because obviously a year later... It's becoming a common you... trend, isn't it? Who have they, who have they played for now? I don't know. George Michael. Well, they play... Is that, well, I don't know. They play for Lana Ritchie. Oh. He's, he's not gone yet, though. No, he's not Still gone. dancing on the ceiling. <laughs> Couldn't help it. Oh, mate. Brilliant. So, so yeah. So that was it, really. And... Um, I did three or four tracks on that. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I got to meet her briefly and it was just incredible. I mean, the four days were just mental, just incredible uh, experience. It, it puts everything into perspective. The hard work I put in, it doesn't happen overnight. I can go more into that in a bit. But I was, you know, I dedicated my whole life to singing and songwriting and music, even though the Dream Boys was a stepping stone for me. And obviously I'm now back here helping tour manage all that. It's still my goal and priority. And I, you know, music's taken such a turn. The industry's taken such a turn now with the X Factors and, you know, what's the other one? The Voice. The Voice. All these shows are completely different. Where 
it tends to be the it takes away from the art, the artistry I think slightly. Yeah. Speaking of X Factor, you had a, a an encounter with Simon Cowell, right? It was in the paper. <laughs> Talk me through that. So I was in a in a in a um, I first met him at a charity event, and uh, I got to sit on his table because I was good friends with someone else, a PR girl from the Mirror, and we were being I just, when I was in the Dream Boys, funny enough, just at the end of it, and um, I sat down and I said to Simon, "What's it take to be a?" to be a pop star nowadays, to be a, make it to singer. He said, oh, the way, only way you're going to make it, son, if you come on my show. And I thought it was quite arrogant of him to say that. Yeah. And made me feel like, no, mate, you're all right. And, you know, no disrespect to people that go on it. I think it's, it can be good for you, but I think it, it's sometimes it's, you're forced yeah. into something that you haven't trained for. And it's quite a, you know, it's like going from, I don't know how to put it really, trying to be a sprinter. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to go into the 100 metres with a Usain Bolt, are you? No. Within four weeks or three weeks. Yeah, there's no, there's not much artist development there. Is there's there no anything? development there of, of, of you know, your artistry and your stage presence and your understanding of, you know, even song songs that you choose to sing and you don't get to choose that. I think it's quite generic. I think it's quite manufactured. That's just me. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I've worked with so many of the X Factor people because I've done loads of shows with winners, runners up. Mm-hmm. Even back as Andy Abraham, remember mm-hmm. him, the black guy, yeah, the, yeah. the the the, the, the um, dustman. Yeah, yeah. So he does tours now. I'm still talk to him now. I did gigs with him, Darius. Yeah, <laughs> oh, shit, that was some time ago. So I did gigs with Darius, um, Shane Ward. Um, I've worked with Diversity. I've done, yeah. So all those sort of I've worked with them, and I've got to understand how it is. It's the, it's a machine. Yeah, they churn you out, and then. You might get six months and then the next show's on. Yeah. So you've got to understand that unless you're... Exceptional. I mean, who have we got? I mean, what can we, you know, in this industry now, we, I suppose we could say what? Leona Lewis, would you say? What, from X Factor? Yeah, who's from done X Factor. Well. I mean, what I'm well, saying, who's stayed around. Yeah, I mean, well, someone who's been... Well, One Direction, obviously, and Little Mix, but they're in an entity of their own. Yeah. Like, they yeah. they. I really... mean, everyone has a shelf life in a sense, unless you're a real artist where you can go through, you know your 30s and, you know, go through different stages of your life and take your fans with you on a journey, that can happen. But it doesn't tend, tend to happen now, I feel, because it's quite manufactured and people aren't... Yeah, it's like, what's the next relevant or current artist to come out yeah. and then the last one from two years before and kind just of hopping, dies out. They're just hopping onto the the machine of that TV yeah. show, in a sense. So I me. guess for you, you wanted to make it in your own, your own way of yeah, doing it. Yeah, I mean, it. I've been... You know, I've been offered to go on X Factor and, you know, guaranteed TV because, they, you know, if you've got a good story and you've been in the industry, they offer you this. And because yeah. <clears throat> it's, you know, not being funny, but it's not, f- I'm going to go into too much detail, it's not fixed to a degree, but they know what they want and they, oh, of course. they, they, they market, twist it or they market, they market it. All, it and, yeah. and they know who they're going to have. So for me, it just wasn't me being true to myself. Yeah. Me. So just, what did it say in the paper then? So Simon beats Simon, David and Goliath. <laughs> um, that meaning Goliath one, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you being David, him yeah. being Goliath. Yeah, just yeah, it's just the, the money behind it and everything that he's got, and it's just um, it's a shame, really. I think it's a shame, but I think it's good TV. I think you've got to understand, take it as a TV show. It's an entertainment show. Yeah, and if they get a star from it. Good, all good. Yeah. Well, double, it's, double a, bonus. it's a great platform for people. Like, I know quite a lot of people which have been on there and made a career of it. Well, think we're with Jake. Jake's on tour with us at the moment. I and can... he didn't become a singer off it. 
like I've had Jake on the podcast, <clears throat> he just become a, a celebrity. Pe- yeah, like a celebrity. And then he's gone on to do TV shows and stuff and they've seen how amazing he is and fun. And that's been his platform for And him. he would never got it. He would never have had Without that, that exactly. platform. I completely agree on that. I do completely agree but on he, that. But he I even think. says that he feels like people don't treat him as a singer. No, what's, you know? what I think is the hardest thing, and me going quite deep now because I'm going into my spiritual stuff, with everything else, people want an air of, um, how do I put it, mystery. Mm-hmm. If someone knows your dog, your mum, your dad, what size feet you are, yeah, where you live, what you do, yeah, it loses that mystery of, of, of an artist of what they want to know about them and yeah if you just hear someone's voice in song and you go oh my god that's amazing you know what's his past what's his you know blah 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 mm-hmm. when you know everything about them there's not much more to know yeah where do you go from there yeah do you understand what i mean no completely Honest, in a sense of but that's not me disrespecting the show i think it's a great platform like you said but i think you've got to understand what it is what you take from it and where you go from there just use it as a stepping stone really i think yeah no completely so you'd never consider it, never again. I'd never say never. But never never say never. Is that is not a Bieber, Bieber song? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no. <laughs> God bless him. No, but I just, um, I don't never say never. No, but I, I just think the shows. I mean, you know, the, the ratings are showing now. I think they've dropped off a lot, and oh, I think people are getting bored of it. Um, it's on to the next thing. I think you know, in a sense. But there is some real good music out there. Mm. But I think that now it's become free or. You can, you know, stream it and yeah. this and that. It's all changed. It's all about life. Well, it's so much easier to be an artist now because I feel like you don't need a record deal. You don't need a record label. You, no. If you've got a good home setup and a video yeah. camera and a YouTube channel, That's you, can, you, need, you yeah. can advertise yourself now. Yeah. You can market yourself. I know an artist called Alex, Alex Iona. He's from LA. When I was out there, yeah. I met him in a dance class. And he, I went to a few of his like recording sessions and practice sessions, and now he makes his money from putting songs on YouTube, and that's his living. He's got millions of thousands yeah, of, of followers and, and views, and yeah, stuff, and he yeah. sings with like it's kind of like Conor Maynard. Do you remember him from the UK? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I know like, Conor. Now he doesn't release songs in the public and stuff. Really, no. it's all via YouTube. Yeah, and so he makes a living. It's like it's the new platform, I guess. Conor's good. Conor's really good. Yeah. Great singer. We submitted, my friend submitted to be his choreographer and we shot loads of different videos and we were all like, oh my God, we're gonna, this is going to be it. We're going to make it. Like, they were so dope. <laughs> Didn't even get fucking looked at. But oh, really? I fully thought I was going to dance with Conor Maynard. It was my dream at one point. I was like, I want to work for this kid. Because in my head, he was going to be the new Justin Bieber. Yeah, and he is really good. Um, it just kind of didn't work, did it? It just kind of dropped off. No, I just don't know what it was with that, really. I don't know. It can be in many things. Unfortunately, it's a fickle thing. It could be any image, you yeah. know, or whatever. Or, just, the, or, the, or the label wants to go a certain way, you know. And he probably didn't want to. No. I remember um, I toured with Leon Jackson and he want, Simon Cowell wanted him to be one kind of artist, mm. like Michael Bublé-esque kind of way, and he didn't want to be that artist. No. And straight away, default parted yeah. ways. Never. What, was, what was that older guy called? Bruce? No. Do you remember who I mean? No. Bernstein? Is it Bernstein, that older guy that won X Factor or Pop Idol? I can't remember his name. No idea. I worked with him as well. And he was the same. Simon Cass said, right, we're doing a covers album, this, this and this. And I said, Simon, that's been done. I don't want to do that, you know. I think it was all the generic stuff, you know, Unchained Melody, all that. Yeah, yeah, This yeah. will sell. It's a Christmas album. And he said, no, Steve Bernstein. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it Steve Bernstein? Something like that, yeah. And since then, Steve now runs a bar up in... I think it's I think he's from Newcastle. I don't know where he's from. 
it's got dropped. Crazy. But if you listen to some of that and just, just bite the bullet, you'll then, you'll then be able to do your own stuff. Yeah. So well, it's we'll, kind of like One Direction did. They did well, everything they were told and now they're so big they can do what the fuck they want. Prime example is Will Young. So Will Young finished off his uh, contract with Simon because he wanted to do his own stuff. He wouldn't release the last album with them under the X Factor, oh, sorry, the Pop Idol umbrella. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Found out because my manager knew his manager. He said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing any more covers. I'm going to wait till it's ended and bring my own stuff out. He's had, and he's had one of the biggest successes, yeah. Will Young. It's a really strong writer. I, he co-writes. I looked up, um, oh, I didn't know he co-writes. Yeah, I think he co-writes, does now, yeah. Because you don't hear him singing very often. No. Make it evergreen. I used to love that one. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I used to think he was sick. Oh, he's great voice. I think he's really good, yeah. Really good guy. And I always used to be like, how has he got a lisp when he talks and not when he sings? It used to blow my mind. And Gareth Gates. Why can't he talk but he can sing? <laughs> Air slow, isn't it? It'd be like me, like not being able to walk, but I can get on stage and do 12 <laughs> routines. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's that is crazy. Yeah, I'd be like, he'd be like, he'd be like, my name's Gareth Gates, and then he does a full fucking song non stop. I'd be like, yo, this guy's mad. Play mind games with us. He's hustling us. He's a sympathy vote. Yeah. What made you want to be a dream boy? How did you get into that? That's a fucking question, isn't it? I'll tell you what, how that happened with that. I, um, one of the guys in Worthing that I trained in the gym with used mm. to be a dream boy. Oh, really? Yeah. It's Simon Cotton. Um, and he was the original. And he, you'll laugh at this. He was, a, he was a page seven fella. And in 1989, they used to have sexiest man of the year thing. Yeah. On it with the Sun newspaper, I think. Yeah. And he beat everyone. Really? Just a stripper. Page seven. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> it's like 19, early 90s. Yeah. Long hair. Do you know what I mean? The whole yeah. long hair thing. Sort of Chippendale look. Yeah. And he said to me, Bailey, you should go for Dream Boys as an audition. I know the owner. And it's not the owner now, not Dave. It's not go there. And um, <laughs> basically he said, look, there's an audition. I said, really? Do you know, you know the stage? Yeah. Everyone knows the stage. Yeah, paper. stage. Yeah, so I went, really? See, it's in here. He showed me. I thought, you know what? Why not? I was working on a building site. I'd done some dance classes, a little bit in Worthing. Obviously been singing and songwriting and stuff. And he said, they're looking for dancers and singers and all that. So I went up there and did audition. Mad. Didn't really know what it's all about, really. Um, it just sounds cool. Yeah. What, what was your first impression like when you got there? What did they make you do? Um, Were they like, oh, just so you know, you get your knob out and you dance? No, or yeah, no. Like, this was, this was what like was it like then? It was, was it, it dancey? Was, it was dancey, not much dancey. So there was a guy called... I think his name was Gareth. He was choreographing it. He'd been in Cats, the musical. They oh, pulled him in. Get it. Yeah. Fucking um, hit kicks and spins and shit. Yeah. No, he, so he did a routine for everyone to learn first. No one could do it, could they? No. No. So simple. And I, I was never really learned routines. And it's a completely different mind game, isn't it? Because you, you, you're yeah. remembering stuff. So you used to like more freestyle I stuff. I was freestyling. I used to club dance. Sorry. Yeah. So I club danced for a bit in Brighton. Oh, yeah. Here and there. Just topless earn some money because my friend was doing it and then um, they asked us to do a solo to take your top off mm. you know, any track you want Yeah. so I chose um, what did I choose I think Like I Love You Justin Timberlake had come out good choice Yeah. that's the song I became a dancer <clears throat> so um, I just did my freestyle bit and they started talking so I wasn't very good at the routines but freestyle I did really well and then I had to sing a song mm. and I sang a song and what song? Um, you'll laugh your head off. It was Boyzone. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Which one was it? 
Yo, I used to love Boyzone. It was... Um... By Love Boyzone, I loved Ronan Keaton. No matter what, I think. No matter, matter what they <laughs> tell you. <laughs> and then um, I was working at the building site at the time and I got the phone call. Like, listen, well, you know, you've made it. We need you for the next three months to come up and train. So I had nowhere to stay. Yeah. Living in Worthing. Rung up my mate who's in a band. Yeah. This is what's interesting. Because I rung, rung this mate up. He was living in a flat above a recording studio. Ah. So he, said, he said, come up. So I came up, slept on the sofa for those few months. Mm. In London, right? In London, above this studio. And every evening I'd go down and listen to this band record and meet. And I, then I met the manager. He said, can you sing? I said, yeah. And they, they took me on to do some demo stuff there. That's how it all started. Just mental how things can happen. It just were like, yeah, yeah I can just, do that. Yeah, and then while I was rehearsing, I mean, nothing came of it. We are doing some garage tracks. They were quite rock-based or garage. And then um, did, did the um, rehearsals with the Dream Boys every day. We were sponsored by a gym back then. Do you remember Alley Fitness? Yes. Alley Fitness sponsored us. Yeah. And we could use any Alley Fitness we wanted. Sick. In London. Sick. And they just opened. Yeah. So I was like, this is mad. Yeah. So I was in the gym two or three hours a day. Yeah. Swimming, chilling. Jack. Had some beds in there we could use for free. That was it. Yeah. That was my life. And how old were you then? 21, 22. So living the dream, 21 Just crazy, just moved to London. Getting paid to dance left. and go to a gym. Yeah, I was getting paid cash every day for the rehearsals. That's how they were doing it. Yeah. Um, and then the gig started, we were, but we were doing clubs rather than theatres. Yeah. Nightclubs. Which still at the time was mind-blowing. I mean... Just crazy, mate. Just, um, you know, from a building site to my dream, to, to, to dancing, performing. Yeah. And then you you become a dancer for a while as well, right? Yeah, like, so I then went to Pineapple Studios. Yeah. Signed up, got my month, got my yearly um, membership, doing 10, 12 classes a week. Yeah. Like I lived in that place. What classes were you taking? Jimmy Williams. Legend. <laughs> Jimmy Williams is the best class. Jimmy in Williams, London. if you hear this, brother, Still. you are just a legend. I'm coming to a class soon, aren't we? We're going to go there. Yeah, we, we, we did went, once we went before, once. yeah. <laughs> Can't be a bit of lock in, mate. Oh, mate, Jimmy's just the guy, the for me is like, the best in London. He, I don't know how old he is, but the guy's just sick. He's a chef as well. He's a gangster. It's just gangster, yeah. So I was doing Jimmy Williams. Me met Stuart Bishop, Rudai, mm -hmm. and Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Started Rudai classes. Did they have loads of colourful clothes on then as well? Yeah. Yeah. Look like a, look made like, me wear a couple too, yeah. Look like you're dressed in a Skittles bag. Buy this, baby, you'll look good in it. Like, All right, mate, yeah, I'll buy your clothing, yeah. make you richer. Um, nice. <laughs> no, <laughs> nice. No, but they were, no, they were good, though. They were quite helpful in what to do. And I did a guy called Max. I did Dax's classes. Dax O'Callaghan. But a guy called Max was a French guy. Mm. And um, he used to do popping. Yeah. And robotics. I really was into that. Mm -hmm. We we all were. We want to be dancers like Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Seeing the whole that Justin Timberlake. You know, we were just talking about that. And then obviously, God bless him, James Painting. You know, James yeah. had passed away. He was incredible. Just a, a, an an immense dancer. And then I would do. Then I went on to do ballet. <laughs> but the basics. You know, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. Because I, I got told. Dudes. I got told. Listen, you're not you're not a dancer. You're not trained. I was like, all right, mate. He said, you know, but they said, go and do some core work. And it's the best thing I've ever done. It's every, fucking every, hard. Every Monday night, I think it was before Jimmy's, it was an hour. And uh, I can't remember the guy's name, though. We'd just be stood at the bar. Yeah, the bar. Yeah, yeah bar just, just really core stuff. Yeah. And it helped me so much because yeah. I went on to do backing dancing for Mariah Carey. Yeah. Sonique. Did work on TFI Friday, Out and John, Victoria Beckham, Danny Minogue. 
and that was what I was working with dancers who have trained for years. Yeah. I was quite natural, but I, I just wasn't very quick at picking up choreography. Yeah. That was my hardest thing. But then I got better and better the more I went. Yeah, it's training a different muscle, like me- muscle within your brain. Do you know what I mean? It's like that muscle memory. Yeah, and I will say to anyone, I used to feel so conscious at Pineapple as well because I'd always be at the back because obviously you'd have a professional dancer in there, but I'll say to anyone, just go and do it. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. And, and dancers can be so nice and helpful in a sense. Where, oh, mate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I never realised that because I just went in as a... And I, but I started training with a guy called Alex. We got to come in with really good mates. We used to do the same classes. And um, it just it just starts a sort of social world as well. Then I even went to breakdancing classes just to get strength up and yeah, well, they, just to learn new things. Just I mean? to learn new stuff. I was just my mind was just raw. I just loved dance. I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, that's so dope. Couldn't get enough of it. So yeah, and that's how I you know started doing it. And then I started to teach. You know, laugh. I started to teach. Yeah, yeah. What are you I, teaching? I I, <laughs> I taught kids. Is it? Yeah, I taught taught kids um, popping, locking and doing like a little, um, it's a dance company down Leatherhead. Yeah. She said, look, you've done loads of stuff now, would you come and teach? And I'd done backing dancing for a mate who does Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. You know, shows. And I'd done Smooth Criminal, I'd done Thriller, beat it. And she said, look, we want to do a Christmas show of um, Smooth Criminal, would you come and do it? I said, yeah. That's how it started, and I started teaching them. Sick. Only basics, though, just yeah, like yeah. basic stuff. Sick. So, well, I think it's always good to give back, though. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I knew sort of how to warm up because I used to do Stuarts on a Friday. I thought he's the best thing about Rude, what I learned from Rudai the most was his technical class on a Friday. Yeah, because an hour and a half. Yeah, and he do half an hour proper intense dance warm up like you would like you would do at college. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, for me, that was a whole learning thing. And um, yeah, never. And then obviously on top of that, I was having singer lessons, doing gigs, got a manager. And um, yeah, I've just been doing stuff all the time, really. Working with different people. Um, what was your favourite dance gig? <clears throat> favourite dance? Mariah Carey, mate. Yeah, tell I us about it. it. Where was it? <laughs> it was at G-A-Y, yeah, Astoria, the, the old live, one. Live, girl. The old one. Yeah. And um, I turned up and they said, uh, here's your outfit. What was it? <laughs> Fucking speedo or some shit. White tight boxes. Oh, good thing you're already a stripper. With white butterfly wings. Butterfly wings. Because <laughs> that song Butterfly. Oh. And we had to do all this sort of really, you know, how do I put it? Um, kind of look balletic. Yeah, ballet stroke sort of. Contemporary fluid Contemporary arms. flowing stuff. And then we had to take it off into black trousers for one of our more upbeat ones. And, um, but we got to meet her. So she yeah. had a stand-in for the rehearsals, like yeah. most of them do. And we met her. It's just like, she's really nice. She's got quite, you know. Was she nice? Quite girly. Yeah. All, you know, on her toes and all like, yeah. you know, where am I going? It was when she was hot as well. Yeah, beautiful girl, you know. And, and her mum was there. What made it for me so down to earth was her mum was there with, back then, a camcorder filming her daughter. Mad. Yeah. I said, who are we? I said, oh, that's my daughter. I said, you're Mariah Carey's mum? She said, yeah, I always come, you know, when we do, I'd love, I'd love to film, so we've got it when she's older. <laughs> Little did she know. <laughs> we would have had a phone with a camera. <laughs> exactly. So um, that just made, and then after the show, she actually thanked us all because it was all quite quick yeah. and last minute because she was going to bring her dancers over. They didn't, and we had about 24 hours to rehearse and do it. She's probably done jobs like that. Yeah, yeah, all the time. That's what I found hard because the choreography was quite intense on some of it. Some of it was easy. Mm. And it's just, for me, not 
having trained properly like that. Just picking it up, like memorising it was the hard bit. Mm. That's sick though. What other cool places did you perform? I've been I've been to all around the world, mate. I've done. Um, you think off the top of my head. I've done loads of festivals, so party in the parks. Remember the party yes. radio parties? I used to go to Cardiff party in the so park. So I used to do all those. I've done all those. Dar- with Darius, Darius was there, Shane Moore's done them, uh, Liberty X were there. I used to love Liberty X, they were um, sick. I'm trying to think who else was around back then. Oh, and I, I did so. I mean, you don't, you probably don't remember this, but like older generation, like Sonic, yeah, I know Sonic, bro. Sonic, remember, yeah. And that's what takes me home. Yeah, that was bad. Dance for her. That was the best ever. And I did um, Fragma, Miracle. I don't know who that is. Oh. <laughs> no, you wouldn't know that. That's like, a dan- that's like a house track. And I toured with that, just me and two, dan- me and two other dancers and her. She was just a, it, was, it was a massive track. Went number, I think it went number one. Yeah. So we did about 20 dates. What was money like then as a dancer? <clears throat> we were paid... Um, it was an agency. It depended really. It was average between sort of a hundred and one fifty. Yeah. On a day, the on for yeah. a night for yeah. for one night, uh, would be more if it was two hundred. Maybe it depended. It depended on what what sort of gig it was and who it was. Yeah. Um, but um, no, I used to I used to love doing the road shows. The road shows were really cool. Being outdoors and loads of people in a park and yeah, I like doing festivals. I did um the year before I started Dream Boys. I did mm. lots of festivals with Imani. Yeah who was, it was her first ever single. She's so dope. She was like 17. Amazing. I was hired as her big brother. Do you know what I mean? They were like, you're going to go on the road with her. You're going to look after her. I was like, yeah. yeah, dope. Show her the ropes. And literally had the best time. But all the festival ones, they were sick because it'd be like one festival, you'd have like 60,000 and then you'd be opening the next festival and there'd be like a hundred people there. But you'd still have to go on because you've got to fit your time slot. <laughs> it's crazy, So the ones it? when it's dead, but actually some of the best ones because it was yeah, like, right, that, yeah. we'd be like, right, this one's for us. Yeah, you know and, I mean? and, yeah, and I used to do the big um, gay prides. Yeah. Manchester, Birmingham, London, you know, because they'd have some massive yeah, they'd you know, be- end of night parties on and stuff like that. And I even did a float once and sang on a float, which was hilarious, just dry, riding around London. <laughs> <laughs> on a float. My, my track was on like loop. <laughs> Don't stop singing, Bailey. <laughs> Don't, Don't stop singing. No, and we parked up, we were, we were stuck because obviously it got held up. So yeah. I was singing the same song like twice in the same area. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, we've heard that, mate. Sing something else. But yeah. That's fucking mental. But even the smaller gigs I've done, one of my favourites as well was the Jazz Cafe in Camden. Yeah. Prestigious. Yeah. And that was with Jocelyn Brown. And she's... She's insane. She's one of the most... And I said, why have you put me on this? I'm a pop singer with a blimmin' one of the best soulful singers in the world. He said, don't worry about it, you can hold your own. So I was like, all right, sweet. So I I met her and I actually had a chat with her. And she's one of the most down-to-earth artists you'll ever meet. Because she actually heard one of the songs that I wrote. And she said that's one of the most beautiful songs she's heard in a long time. And for me, for her to say that... Yeah. It's, it's when, you, when you get things like that from... Other artists, yeah, you know you're doing, especially someone right. that you you know you admire. Yeah, you know you you know you're doing something right then, and you know that you're onto something good. But I find it harder. As mad as it sounds, I can do twenty eight thousand tomorrow, like in with the Dream Boys. You know, when we do big shows, I find yeah. it quite easy. Not in a sense where because they're not right in your face. Yeah, I find small intimates <clears> much harder than big. So when I did the jazz cafes, people looking up your nose. You know, yeah. they're here. They're right. You know, literally yeah. looking at you, going and sing. Within three feet of you, and you can see every response, and you, every action. And as an artist, when you're singing, you're singing, you're quite open. I think mm. it's one of the most open and well, yeah, pure things you can do. You're vulnerable. You're vulnerable. And I found it so hard. And I would say my first night, I, I cracked. I wasn't great. But I realised my surroundings. I hadn't really done those sort of intimate gigs before. And I went back the next night. 
and did the best show of my life because I knew what, I, what to expect. Mm. So that's mental. Mad world, don't it? Mm. You, you, um, when you started singing, mm. when you started like making your own music, what was the what was the first bit of like? Did you just start? Did you go in the studio, start writing music and singing? And it took a lot of um, seeking opportunities for something to happen, or did something just go? Like, did you do anything before the Whitney? So yeah, I mean, I I was because um, I think for people listening, if they want to be a singer now, obviously it's a lot easier now because they have got social media to advertise themselves on and stuff like that. There's lots of other platforms. But what what way did you do it? What was your journey to um, be recognised? So my journey really was, I mean, it all starts with, I know it sounds funny, but belief, really believing in what you're doing 100% and focusing on, you know, writing good songs and stuff like that, but also meeting people. So I got to meet people and I remember looking through this music book and sending people emails like, look, I'm an artist, I'm looking to work with people. And I met this guy called Kai Who's produ- whose manager had seen me sing at a venue, mm-hmm. said, look, why don't you go and work with him? And then I met him, worked with him, and it just evolved from there, really. Yeah. And I met Kevin Moss through a friend of mine who runs martial arts talent. He used to manage Formula 13. You've probably never heard of them either. No. So they looked after everybody, like Atomic Kitten, all those yeah. A1, what, A1? Yeah, yeah, A1. A1. <laughs> I yeah, I think that's what they're called. <clears throat> so the boy band. Back then it was a bit different. So I was just doing, for me as a writer, I would write down my lyrics. I can't really play instruments. I can play piano a little bit. That's it. But I would have melodies in my head and I would just take that to the producer and we'd work it out from there. I guess it's just a a gift in a sense. But um, from there, I then sent my demos to various publishers. Mm -hmm. I went for the publishing, down the publishing road. Okay. And within... So you just send out like <clears throat> copies of your music. Yeah, I to would people. send. I mean, even now, I don't think it's changed. I think you send like two or three demos to a publisher. That's the best thing to do, and just see what they say, see what response you get. You know, this is really good, or we want to meet you because mm. you know you just never know. And then this woman from Respect Music, which is part of Cobalt and Cobalt and Massive, she wanted to meet me. I was like, no, wow, I couldn't believe it. So mm-hmm. I met her, and they signed five songs. That was in two thousand and seven, and in that year. I became, I, my song, Bring Back the Love, was the, made the semi-finals of the UK Songwriting Contest out of about 100,000 songs. Sick. Down to 50. That's, so that's someone that sits in his room and just had a dream and someone that wrote this song and then wrote it within 10 minutes. Would you, would you ever consider just being a songwriter yeah. as opposed to just So that's what I'm doing now. So now, as I'm <clears throat> speaking to you, I'm working with a guy from Busted, the mm-hmm. original boy band. So he, he's had a really harsh time. He was in Busted in the beginning, wrote the first album. They got put in a house like most pop stars do. I think the Spice Girls did that. Yeah, yeah. They put them in a house to live together. They go to the studio, they come home, they go to the gym. That's what they've got to do. And um, when it came to releasing the band and the promotion and all the, you know, video, they just didn't like Owen. They thought he was a bad apple. So what they, he wanted him to have a certain haircut, look a certain way. And Owen yeah. just said... That's not me, though. This yeah. isn't me. And um, they said, look, he's a bad apple. We want to get rid of him. So they replaced him within a week and did all the promo without him. And he did all the work beforehand. All the work. He co-written Year 3000. That's what I go to school for. One of mm-hmm. their biggest hits. That's a banger. He plays it all his gigs now. Because mm. they we're, we're his songs. We're, yeah. I said, we're going to be gigging together soon because we've just started writing together. So he's working with some... It's not what you know. So, you know, I work with him on my first album when I met him through this guy called Benny and um, 
we got together again and we're now working with some of the X Factor people writing. Yeah. So I'm obviously writing for myself, but also my songs are out there to be published. Yeah. So we've got a deal. There's great money in songwriting as well now. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, I used to... Sometimes as a singer, you're a little bit, you know, precious about what, certain songs, but yeah. now I'm not. I'd rather have them out there. Yeah. I mean, if, I don't know if you know, like, Alicia Keys, Neo, they all started off That's, as writers. Yeah, writers. And Jason Derulo, he was a writer. Oh, was he? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think that's the way forward for me. That's the way in. I mean, I would say it to a lot of people, you know, try and get your songs published. You just never know what will happen. If someone big writes, uh, sings it for you. I believe that's what happened to Derulo. I, I believe he was, a, I might be wrong, but I believe he was a writer. Is he the Derulo or Neo? But one of them was a writer and they went somewhere to give someone, show someone the song and they sang it to him to pitch the song. And they were like, no, you should release this song. Yes, that's correct. It was either Neo or Derulo. I think it might be Neo. I think it might have been Neo that, because he was such a sick singer and they liked his look. They thought, you know, you can do this. Because yeah. obviously you know. A motherfucker can dance too, yeah. Yeah, um, of course. But it's all, it's all <laughs> yeah, about, yeah. We, you, we know you've got to tick every box. Yeah. As an artist and all that, and as harsh as it sounds, you've got to look the part, all that stuff. And But yeah, so now my focus is on songwriting and creating music because I haven't, you know, being back in Dream... I came back into Dream Boys as a singer. So after Whitney... Not cut long story short, don't know the story about David. So David used to be in the Dream Boys show mm-hmm. with me. Yeah. He got to buy out the owners that owned it before because it wasn't doing very well at a certain period of time. I think it was around 2007, eight. I don't even know the timings. So he took it on. And then when I did Whitney, he had Lee Ryan from Blue. Mm-hmm. singing every Saturday, opening his London show, because the London show was in a massive venue, yeah. holding like 500 people, mm-hmm. called Rise Club. And he run, I said, my, he actually run my manager, said, oh, hi there, I know Bailey. <laughs> I've known him a long time. Does he want to come and sing and open the Dreamboy show? And I remember, I said, who's this David? He said, give me his number. Yeah. Me <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I said, all right, Dave, what do you want? He said, how do you want to come and sing a couple of songs and open the show? And what, what, when is it? I said, I can't, you know, because I was doing other gigs. He said, well, it's Saturday. He said, all right, I'll let you know the dates I can do. So that was it. So I just went down there, sang two songs. You know, he paid me really well. It's just an amazing gig to have. I did two songs and was done. Yeah. Leave, you know, and I got to see, got to meet the boys that were the boys then. Didn't have, it was all completely changed when I was in it. Because I left in 2005 or six it was, and I was singing there about 2012. Yeah. So it'd been a long time. Yeah. And, um, and it evolved from there. And then basically I was going to sing in the tour and then Dave changed his mind. It's surprising, isn't it? Yeah. Ta-da. <laughs> and, um, and then Dave offered the tour managing job and comparing the show and I thought, I want to give back. I thought, you know what? At the moment, because the music had taken a bit of a dive, unfortunately, because there wasn't things much going on. I got so close to a half a million pound record deal mm-hmm. in Universal in Paris. Yeah. And one guy like Simon Cowell said, I'm not sure I believe in it. Or, you know, Bailey. I'm, yeah. It just, whatever. I mean, the, the other people wanted me, but the top guy said no. Yeah. One of those things. So <clears throat> I said, all right, Dave, I'll do the tour for you for a, uh-huh. a year or see how it goes. Yeah. And um, I did it and that's where I am now, but it just, it's not something that I came here to do. Yeah. It doesn't uh, fulfill you, I guess. It's not fulfilling me, no. And, you know, I love giving back and because I've done the job and working with you guys and working with such professionals now because all you guys have done so much. Whereas before, you know, it wasn't like that. 
there's so much depth to it now. I think you know, choreography wise and everything mm -hmm. else, it's changed. And I, you know, and I enjoyed it in the beginning, but now for me, because I've got back into the music and things are happening again, and I've want to focus on, you know, to yeah. be honest with you, being on the road now for me, I've is enough for me. Well, it's it's hard being on the road. I think like people always go, oh my god, like you've got the most amazing life. You travel yeah. to perform, and I'm like, no, like don't get me wrong, it is amazing, and. Sometimes we do take it for granted, but on the grand scheme of things, it's amazing. But it's hard work, like being away from your home and your it family is hard and your work, friends. And it's hard to keep, you know, because I, you know, it can affect your home life as it, you know, it yeah. does to people, you know, and and being away for so long and I'm not being funny, sleeping on a tour bus is not. It's not very enjoyable, is it? It's not, you know, especially it, when you got Conrad like. He makes more noise just when he stretches his leg. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're, 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 you're working with these guys. Just, you know, you're sleeping in the same environment as guys. You're always with them. You've got to get on. There's always going to be bickering. It's going to be whatever it is. Some people want to go out and have a few drinks. Others won't. They wake up people up. They're groggy mm. in the morning, like we were this morning, whatever. Yeah, but we have got the sickest group ever, though. But we have got the best group ever. We have got the sickest and it, group. But what, it, what is an honour? It is an honour to perform to people, which I've always said. Yeah. You know, they're buying tickets to see you, to yeah. see you perform, and that's an amazing thing. And you are, in a way, living the dream. This is what the industry is, you know. Mm. Um, but for me, in my position, I'm not performing anymore. Yeah. And I'm missing that. Yeah. And the whole, even though I'm going to be songwriting, I'm going to be concentrating also and doing some live gigs in London. I'm going to be working, hopefully, for this live music venue in London. So, yeah, tell us a bit about so this, this your, is, next, your <clears throat> next venture, because this is your last year as tour manager, right? This is my last year now. Um, so, obviously, I'm working songwriting, but they've it's called the Bedford in Ballum and I used to run a music night there and there's a company that have taken it on and they're looking for someone to come in as well to sort of um, look after the music side and put on live events and host and compare and what I've done which yeah. is great and I get to sing as well yeah with my stuff and, and be at home and be at home because I want to focus on home life family life and being you know what I mean just mm -hmm. at home now. yeah and that gives me the opportunity then to relax and that's how you know and so it'll help with songwriting and not having to be on tour and stressed and yeah because when you're away mm -hmm. even though you're only on stage for a couple of hours you've got you know, well you're in work all day you're in work all day like really. that's why it's like because you're, you're not you, you can't go home and it's not just a two-hour show you can't go home and do your washing you can't oh, go and see your mum or you can't be with you know be your partner or your children if you've got children you know, it's, it takes its toll. And, you you know, you even though we've got our days off and it's good, we can go to the gym and relax, but you're still everyday life. Yeah, well, everyday life things that we that people take for granted. Yeah. Well, on our days off, we do all the things that we didn't get to do while we're in work, like clean your house, wash your clothes. Yeah, because when, yeah, when we do get back, yeah. you've got all those things to do and then it feels like you're going away again, doesn't yeah. it? In a sense, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, no, I do enjoy it. I've, I've, I've enjoyed my time, but for me... Now, you know, it's enough and I've enjoyed it. I've embraced it. Yeah. And um, I just want to be true to myself now. Yeah. My, my music, that's what, wait, what makes yeah. me happy and who I am. Yeah. And focus, like I said, on family life and, and being at home. Got a dog now. Yeah, you do, Ted. <laughs> Ted the he is very cute. Too cute. He's too cute for you, actually. You're punching to have that dog, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always punching. But... Always punching. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah. No, Ted is cute though. I said he, sh he needs to go into dog modelling. Like we were trying to get our dog into dog modelling. We got a message to get Joey into dog modelling. Really? Yeah, you should get Ted into it. I, I told you. 
Oh, well, well he's a puppy. Pictures, well, yeah. he's a puppy, do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's not very good, though, behaviour. Well, he's all right. He's just wheeze every now and then in places. I think that's territory stuff, isn't it? That's all right. I do that. I still get employed. <laughs> <laughs> Peed on the bus wheel the other week. Brilliant. What a legend. Pissed off Jim, didn't I? Yeah, no comment there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> What's it take to piss off Jim? Not much. No, leave a dish. <laughs> a spoon. Uh, a spoon. <laughs> Fork, yeah, leave some food, you'll be happy though. Move your bed quilt a little bit. Oh, move a bed quilt. Oh, we had drama <laughs> last night. He was like, There's no bed for Jake to sleep in. I'm like, There's three other beds. Shut up. Oh, because it wasn't made the perfect way, was it? Who cares? So, see, OCD, I think. Bless yeah. Bus yeah. is his life. Yeah. I told him about Jimmy Boy crashing the bus the other day on my, my inside. Oh, you told him, yeah. mm. Mm. He's all right though. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive to tell a tale. Bless him. And he'll tell you he's alive. Yeah. We love you, Jimmy boy. Mm. Um, what's your ultimate goal? Like, in five years' time, if you could be any, like, in any position, what would it be? To be honest, now, because uh, I bet it's I, very I, 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 yeah, it's very different. Now. I'd say a renowned singer songwriter, not so much artist. Artists, I don't mind. I mean, I like want to perform, and I think that will come. But for me, is is to be a, a writer that's working with people, mm-hmm. and because what I've had a taste of it now, and. You know, I sorry. Also going back, I you know I've written a hit already. Had a number seven in Malaysia with that mm-hmm. with that girl out there, which I didn't mention. But you know, I flew out there for a month because that got lucky. That was through someone I knew, a singing teacher. She flew over to do Miss Saigon. Yeah, didn't get it. Wanted to had this pop song. He he this uh, Robert Bickner, his name is wicked um, singing coach. Everyone's listening, especially for theatre. Uh, he does all the Phantom people. What's his name? Robert Bicknell. He used Bignall. to do a Bicknell, yeah. He used to do a class at Pineapple, open class. Mm. That's how I met him. But he does all the West End stars. Mm. He's training a girl that plays Corelli in Les Mis. Cure... I've never seen Les Mis, but oh, Les Mis is amazing. Cast on a Cloud. Mm-hmm. That song? No. All right, never seen it. I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I've never seen it. So I met this girl and I did this, rewrote this song with her, and she released it in Malaysia and went number seven. Mad. So the songwriting for me was, I know I got it. I know I can do it. Yeah. And I've had a publishing deal. One of my songs made a semi-final of the right UK songwriting contest. So now it's for me to, I want to hear my song on the radio. Yeah. On a, you know, have, have success and then yeah. work with other people and to give them feedback on what I've learned. Because yeah. I think that, I mean, I'm turning 40 in February. You look my, good. You do look good for your age. Thank you, mate. And my, you know, it is up and down. I think it's, you, you know that, yeah. even as a dancer. Oh, everything you is can up be, and down. You can be in work for six months or a month or this, and then it's gone. Yeah. And it's the same with me, you know. I mean, music's even different, even harder to earn music. Because, you know, I can't go out and do a gig and get paid for it, really, unless you do covers. You're not going out and get yeah, paid yeah. for doing your own stuff. Yeah. You can mix it in. Yeah. So for me now, it's working with artists, which I'm going to be doing and giving back and, and writing songs with this Owen guy and anyone else that I've been going to be coming up with and focusing on that now, you yeah. know, doing something I enjoy rather than paying bills. Yeah, completely. That's what's happened. Yeah. I've made the, I, I was going to leave, you see, before, I mean, no disrespect to this job, you know, I'm thankful for the job and it's opened my eyes up to a lot of things. I've learned a lot of things, but... Now it's about being true to yourself, I think. That's yeah, what you've got to do This wasn't your passion. Yeah, I think you've got to be in life. I think otherwise, because that's where, you know, it's just, in the end, it, play, it takes its toll. Uh, I take my hat off to you massively. I think, you know, like, to keep it 100% real, and you know more than anyone, I'm the realist of the real. I'll say it as it is. I think it's so easy to settle for, oh, it's, it's a good job, it's good money, 
I'll settle for that. It's so easy to do that. And the fact that you're willing, even at like your age now and you've already had a taste of a singing career, which is up and down, and now you're in actually a really stable position and financially is fantastic as well, to go, do you know what? I'm willing to pack all that in to go and actually pursue what I really want. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do. It is so hard. I, I, I take my hat off to you because I think it's something that you've got to be able to just bite the bullet and go for it. Like uh, what I saw a quote the other day. My friend's got a book uh, called um, The Little Mighty Book. I'll actually give it to you. It's in the dressing room. And it's just full of different quotes and stories and stuff. And my friend Michael Ritter from LA, who's a gangster, and it says, um, falling is the first step of flying. I saw you put that. And I was like, it's so true. Like, yeah, you've got so to take a step. I mean, you've got to be willing without, to fall to fly. Without going too deep. So I will tell you this. This is nothing to do with music. or Well, maybe it is. So with the Whitney thing, I got introduced into meditation. Uh-huh. And meditation has helped me beyond. And, I, and I, I'll be honest, I haven't really practiced it. it I've been on and off. But when I was on it properly, and I'm back on it now, mm-hmm. it gives you so much. It's a bit like yoga. I say, it, it, you know, people do yoga, but meditation is that. And I really focused on what I wanted. And mm-hmm. I mean that to a sense where you live and breathe it. And when you, you know, you just see yourself on a stage or performing or this and that. And I'm telling you, it works because within a few months, I was singing in front of 27,000 people. And mm-hmm. I was so on my game then. Yeah. When you really focus on something, do you know what I mean? I think you've, you as yourself, you know, as a dancer, you were from Cardiff. I'm not being rude, brother. You're not the no, tallest I'm, man in the I'm world. I'm a ginger pasty you're a ginger, dwarf. <laughs> you're a ginger guy. And I'm sorry, Rob, but in, in, this, in this industry, you know, you've yeah. got everything against you. Oh, I don't need to say it. And when you go out there and you put it every effort you can and you believe it, that's how things happen. I can promise you that. Everything, you know, thoughts become things. Obviously, it's not just about thinking it you've got to put the effort in and, and the, the hard work mm-hmm. you know because i remember someone saying to me bailey you know you're a great singer but your songwriting's better you might not be able to do this i was like well i'm going to show you what i can do mm. and even my own parents said my dad wasn't so bad my mum said bailey you know it's a pipe dream you know we live in worthing a small town how are you ever going to make it as a singer yeah she said get get in, you know as they all do learn a trade yeah be a plumber play safe and it's just, you can't do that. And that's like me now. And there's so nothing I'm, wrong with that. That's no, what satisfies like me, someone. It's almost like what I was playing safe doing this as a tour manager. But obviously I, I thought I was going to sing in the show and I didn't and understand what they were not wanting to put it in for whatever reason. And then it just became comfortable. Yeah. But you're not doing, fulfilling you. Yeah. It's fun, but it's not fulfilling. Yeah. And I think you have to be true to yourself. I mean, obviously there's people out there going, well, how can I, you know, I've got to earn money. I've got to pay my rent. I hear you. But allow time to go and be creative. If you want to be a dancer, go and go to Pineapple. Go and do it. Go and do those classes. You've got to invest in your talent and and time as well. Because, you know, if you want it that bad, you'll you'll find a way. Oh, 100%. That's that's the way I did it. I mean, I was having, I was working in a bar and working in clubs. So Mm. I used to earn my money um, on the off time working in nightclubs. Yeah. I was a floor manager. Yeah, you got like... Because I, I was good with people and I, I got with an agency. I used to do hosting and I used to compare like charity events. got lucky how I did that. I used to do like auctions. Yeah. I used to auction David Beckham's yeah, yeah. boots. Yeah. I used to end up doing things like that Yeah. and get paid quite well. But that would go straight into a singing lesson. But it sounds funny. Studio time. That's still a, still a variation of performing. Correct. But that's how I wanted it to be. And yeah. it's the same with going into clubs. I thought you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. And again, I did meet some people. I met a few producers. I met a few 
But then again, they don't take you so seriously when you're doing that kind of job. It's a hard, it's a twist thing. Yeah. But I know dancers that waitress, don't they? They yeah, do waitressing or you, or you do dancing in clubs. Do something that's near it or whatever you can Or do. something that can help you evolve, uh, allow a, a accessibility to what you want to do, if that was the right word, I don't know. But that's something allows access for you to do the actual thing you want. Exactly. So if you want to be a, a professional dancer and dance for artists, but you need to make money, Find out where other dancers work in yeah. their spare well, time. I work, I work, work. At, work at a dance studio. Yeah. Work for a, an casting agency. Yeah. Work for somewhere where you're going to make connections. Because yeah. like you said earlier, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean? also, yeah, like, even in this job now, what I do now with tour managing, I'm still in it. Yeah. I'm still in it. You know, I'm still on stage comparing. I might not be singing, but I'm yeah. working that audience and understanding. Yeah. and I know. Because I'll take that with me. Yeah. If I go and do a gig now and I sing, mm. I'll be comfortable to talk after. Hi yeah. guys, how you doing? That was my song from there. You're going to be a lot more. Yeah, you've learned and you understood skill. how to um, interact with an audience. Yeah, what they, you know, what I mean, yeah. where to get eye contact, yeah. how to do this, rather than, oh, you know, I'll go and work in office now or this yeah, thing. just doing something to fulfil it, like mm. to f- just fill the void and make some checks. No, that's dope. You've got a new song, right? Yeah. Can I listen to it? You want me to play it? Yeah. Don't put it too close to the mic because you might make them turn off their headphones. So this song, or <laughs> so this song has already in, sort of been published and has been sent to a couple of na- artists that I can't name. You play it, I'll hold it. All right. It's only, a, it's only, it's, oh, it's only a demo. Shut though. up. It's fine. Is this it? Yeah. Yeah. I think they can hear it. Oh, I like that bit. That's all they're getting. You gotta buy the rest when it comes out. Yeah, so I like that. Yeah, so that's um connection and I've just these two, I've li- literally written like four or five songs with Owen already, and two have already been put up to artists. Yeah. So it's not what you know, it's who you know, because he's working with a guy called Jez, who's working with X Factor people, he knows a lot of people in the industry, and he's already talking about me doing gigs in November, even this year, with I just think a you... couple of big names. Because yeah. already, because already, I've done, you know what's funny? Someone said to me, and I'll tell you, it's Conrad. He sat me down, he said to me, Bailey, not many people can say, They've supported one of the biggest superstars in the world, no. Winnie Houston. And I sort of lost that bubble. I didn't gain enough from that because at the time things weren't just weren't ready. Yeah. My album stuff wasn't ready. You know, but you've got to, but I always say, it's not the chances you take, it's the choices you make uh-huh. in this life. And you've got to be ready yeah. for that. I like that. Me, That's gonna be an Instagram quote. That might it. even be the name of this podcast. What was it? It's not the, it's not the chances you take, it's the choices you choices make. Choices you make. Sick. Because I feel that, but you've also got to be ready for that. If you imagine if I got that Whitney and wasn't ready, well, I wasn't really ready, but you have to be mindset ready. Well, you can't say no. You can't say no. And I didn't have any dancers, I didn't have nothing. I stepped yeah. out there and I remember the first words I said, I don't know how I did it. And I said, the first thing I said, I stepped out to get the crowd on the side, Whitney's in the building, because she just turned yeah, up yeah. and I knew that. Yeah. And they knew I knew that and they yeah. went mental. Yeah. And then I did a Justin Timberlake medley. I could I get together, you have to do a cover to get them on side and it just went Sick. raucous. 
Raw can from there they were on side and that's how I got a lot of my followers because obviously you know doing like 20 odd thousand every night yeah so yeah that's so dope what do you think the hardest thing about being a performer is the ups and downs I think yeah I think it's not knowing in a sense yeah you know because we all work and it's not like then again what, what is any job safe but you know it's also still keep believing and and do you know what I mean? Keeping mm-hmm. the passion going and, and yeah. in through the ups and downs because there are times when you're like, gee, do you know what I mean? You're knackered, you're doing a job you don't really like just to pay bills, but you, you're going for this audition, that audition, but just keep the faith. I think you've just got to enjoy it and just embrace it and know that things will come. Yeah. Because I didn't, if I can sit here now, you know, I'd never in a million years say to you in 2005, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go on to Sports Superstar, I'm going to go on and sing with, you know, Justin Brown, never in a million years. Yeah. And I'm from a small town in Worthing in Sussex. You yeah. know, that's like, it's just mad. It's what dreams are made of. I think you just have to go out and get it. I slept on a sofa for the first six months of my life in London, didn't care, and was that was it, you yeah. know. And then I got given a room and you just work it Wait, out. You just, I think you have to move your, leave your ego aside. Like, I think if you really want to make it, Lose your ego because all ego does is puts a barriers and stops you from learning new things because you feel like you already know so much if you've got your ego. Like I always find if I want to be good at something, I have to go right. Release everything you are good at. Get rid of everything. Be a blank canvas and just fucking absorb. If you go wrong, it's fine. That's how you're going to eventually be right. 100%. Do you know what I mean? But it is it's so... It's I so, think the people that are like that go further. It's so easy to say that, but it's yeah. so difficult to do yeah. because you're putting yourself... And also, also not taking things for granted as well, what you have, because obviously being performing and stuff and performing for people is an honour yeah. as well, because you're giving something back and they're there to see you and just, you know. And, and it's, if you think about it, like, you're, you're putting yourself in a position where you know that you could fail and you probably will. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, it's that for 100%. me as an artist. You go, do you know what? I'm going to put myself in this position where most likely going to fail. Most people do. But I'm going to do it anyway. I felt that on the Mariah Carey because I was one of the only ones there who mm. hadn't trained. And there were a lot of not being funny, they were like, oh, what's he doing here? Because mm. I got to, people got to know you. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you're not, oh, he's not, he's not from my school, not from whatever. And then, yeah, yeah. am I good enough to be here? But you've got to remember, just embrace that you are and always believe that you are. And you've got to know there's a reason that you're there. Yeah, and all, because you do have your doubts. Don't be arrogant, obviously, but, but just be confident in yourself that you will do it. You yeah. will be all right. And go from there. Because I think the industry is changing so rapidly. There's not as many dance clubs anymore. Do you agree? Not for the amount of dancers there is, no. Yeah, because there's so many dancers now. Yeah. There's not the artistry of pop stars wanting backing dancers as such. There's a lot of American ones. And and if they do, it's a quick turnover. It's not a long, sustainable career. No, they might be on tour for like three months or six months. And then you rehearse for a day to do a day show. You don't rehearse for a week to do a day show like it used to happen. So like I said, maybe teach, maybe do whatever you feel to help you, yeah. help you, um, you know, get yeah. into it. No, completely. So five years from now, we're going to hear you writing for Ed Sheeran <laughs> or Jake Quickenden. <laughs> Jake Quickenden, legend. Yeah, fingers crossed, man. That's what, what, exactly what I'm aiming for. I'm aiming for the songwriting and also to be established and, and to work. Sorry, that's because I put my that song on. That's all right. Who is it? Anyone important? Darrell. Terrell, oh, yeah, have to wait, Jordan. Yeah. So yeah, if I, yeah, 
prestigious songwriter, prestigious songwriter, Mm -hmm. and just earning a living from that, you know, having hours to earn a living and to support my family, and, uh, yeah. Well, man, I wish you all the luck in the world, and you know I support you with everything you do. Kane, you're a legend. Almost everything you do. One One of the nicest artists I've met in this industry. Thank you, man. Hands down, Kane. Thank you. Hands down. I feel like I just give people what I think yeah. I would want to no, be given. No, you're honest. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly, yeah. I, uh, some people don't like that I'm yeah. honest, but I feel like Cause, I'm... Because of... Cause, not being... Not going to make you too big, but with the depth of knowledge you have and how good you are, you could easily be arrogant. So I get, you're a prime example of how humble you should be. Yeah. Of knowing your... You all about saying I know I'm the shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, 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 knowing no, your craft and yeah. being humble and wanting to help people. You're not all about I am, I am. It's not about that. And working in a team and giving you all. Yeah, well, I just believe once upon a time, bro, I couldn't fucking two-step to save my life. <laughs> but it took someone to go, oh, I'm going to help you for me yeah. to be able to go where yeah. I am. So yeah. I just look at everyone in the same yeah. the same boat. We're all equal. We just have different things that exactly. each other can and can't exactly. do and we need. Like, in my eyes, the fucking Queen of England is equal to me. People might think that's outrageous, but we're just human. No, you are. You Take are. our job you, titles you, you, aside, aside you are we're equal. human. All we're human equal. beings, we're all connected, and that's it. We just got to it doesn't matter who it. you are. You can yeah. fucking scrub dishes, you can wash toilets, exactly. you can flip burgers at McDonald's, you can sell yourself yeah. on the streets. We're all human, and we should all respect yeah. and love each other just for that, not for what we do or don't yeah. do or can do or can't do. Do you know what I'm and saying? Yeah. And one last quote, which I thought is amazing, yeah? Yeah. Be you, because everyone else is taken. This episode was brought to you by Level Up Dance Academy, bringing you premium dance training, making you the best dancer you can be so you can have a career better than me. Rhymes, bars, rap star. I'm out. Bah. Thank you for listening to the Ins and Outs podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Subscribe, share with your friends and family, and also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We out. Peace.